0: You're listening to American Society of the University of Haifa's monthly podcast with our CEO and host Karen Berman as she takes you through the latest trends in higher education. Hello and welcome back to Higher Ed Talk. Today we're joined by Sam Asher, Executive Director of the Virginia Holocaust Museum and Megan Forensi, the Museum's Director of Education, to discuss why Holocaust education is so vital in helping us create a more tolerant and safer society. Welcome everybody. Thank you, good morning. I'll start with some uh, jarring survey data, at least I consider it a little jarring and shocking. There was a recent survey commissioned by Shown Consulting and the Osrielli Foundation that showed that more than half of Canadians actually don't know that six million Jews died in the Holocaust. Unfortunately, we, we see these surveys quite often, uh, year to year, about the uh, unawareness amongst um, the large sections of the general public about basic facts about the Holocaust. So, since we're talking about Holocaust studies and Holocaust education today, I'm wondering what everyone's reaction is to that information.
1: Well, I, I will say that we've looked at a number of different statistics from shown Consulting. Uh, One recently said that 41% of Americans don't know what the Auschwitz is, and 58% of the same people who were surveyed said something like the Holocaust could happen again. Those are scary pieces of data, but they're also why the Virginia Holocaust Museum uh, works so hard to get information out to people and to bring people into our museum. Uh, it's one of the most important things that we can do to teach about the Holocaust. And Megan will talk about our Teacher Education Institute at some point. So what we do is we bring teachers here to learn how to teach the Holocaust. And on the weekends, when we have hundreds of people coming in off the street, we often ask them how they found out about us. And they say, well, my son or daughter was at tour here through their school, and then we decided we had to come down also. So our job In light of what's going on in our country today, in light of the uptick in anti-Semitism, the uptick in racism that we've seen, we have to be out there teaching and bringing people in to see what happened during the Holocaust and the uh, Nazi-perpetrated genocide against the Jews.
2: And I, I think, too, for me, the number is, you know, it's jarring when you look at it. Overall, I think like maybe looking at like how many people from like 10 years ago, what that number was like, if it was higher or not, um, you know, I think we've come a long way, but again, it just shows us how vital we are um, in educating the public through our programming or our teacher training programs or um, our docent led tours. And even the information that we provide to people through the exhibit, um, I think is really important. one of the obstacles that we face, and I think this is what the number reflects, is that people are, you know, getting their information about the Holocaust from a film that they watched or a, a book that they read. Um, and I think it's great that they're you know, interested in the topic, but I think it's also important to know, like, the difference between something that's historically accurate and something that um, is for entertainment purposes um, and, you know, in ways that the history has been kind of manipulated to, to make it for a better life lack of a word, more entertaining for the public. Again, it's, it's jarring, but it, it just shows us how, how important we are, how important Holocaust museums and organizations are, how important Holocaust education is. Knowing that, you know, people don't know that, then, you know, that's something that we include um, either on our website or through our tours to help people understand like how many people were victims at this time. Sam Mm -hmm. and Megan, I'm actually just curious, but of the people coming through the museum of all ages? I think there's a general knowledge of the Holocaust. Um, People have seen Schindler's List. Some people will know about Auschwitz or concentration camps. They just, like, know the general history. They're coming in with, like, this initial interest or, or curiosity about this history, and it's our job to really have Present historical information, but also have them, um, you know, look at the Holocaust um, through different lenses. Kind of like shake up this standard blanket history that they know about the Holocaust, um, and have them look at it in a in a new way. I also I think too, like maybe go away from here. You know, they're looking for answers, but maybe go away from here with more questions for themselves. But yeah, I mean, I think. For most people, this is, especially for students in, in middle school, this might be like their first exposure to this history.
1: And we also have three different ways in which we connect probably more. But obviously, our permanent exhibit is very, very important. But our visiting exhibits bring a lot of people in, too. And the last one uh, that we just had by Vl Cox, who's an artist, the local artist, uh, a story about talking about hate, conversation to end hate, Uh, Break the Glass. Fantastic exhibit. And it had all sorts of people here to look at it. People of every uh, religion, every race to talk about what's going on in our society today. And that's so important for us. But also we go out and speak. Megan speaks. I speak. Our chief historian is out all the time. Once a year I speak at Fort Lee and there are a thousand soldiers that they bring together for that meeting. And so we're educating a whole lot of people all at once. And we do this often. So it's very, very important for us to get out of the museum. Recently, on International Holocaust Remembrance Day uh, at the Bird Theater, they hosted with us uh, a movie called Who Will Write Our History? about Emanuel Ringelblum and his Oinig Shabbos group that archives all sorts of information about the Warsaw Ghetto, hit it, and they were all killed during the Holocaust. The information was there, and it was shown in this movie. We brought a Holocaust survivor to talk about what she saw, and she was hidden in an apartment across the street, right. if you will, from the Warsaw Ghetto. And every single person stayed in that theater to listen to her. So that's what we have to do. The question going forward is what do we do after our survivors are no longer here? And I hope it right. will be a, a long way out but we're working on that too.
2: With our current Teacher Education Institute, obviously we're bringing in teachers um, every year um, to learn about the Holocaust, to teach like approaches and give them lesson plans. Um, and it's really mm-hmm. like our hope that when we're educating these teachers that come into our, our programs, that it's really a ripple effect so that they're not only going out and sharing what they, what they learned and like using these approaches in the classroom to share with students, but they're also going out and speaking with their fellow colleagues at their school or, you know, fellow history teachers like across the county. There's this ripple effect of information Um, because unfortunately like we can't be everywhere. We love to educate every single teacher but maybe someday we'll get there. Um, But I think right now it's making sure that we're providing whatever programming in-house, there's that ripple effect so we're able to go beyond the museum walls. I think currently, unfortunately, with Holocaust education in Virginia, I know um, it is in some, it isn't some standards. It's really kind of just superficial, really looking at just Adolf Hitler, understanding him, there really isn't like trying to dig deeper, like into this history. Um, So, you know, again, it's our job to educate these teachers who are going to go out and share this information with students and other teachers, but really also, you know, pushing beyond museum walls, Um, to try and hold programming in other cities to reach other teachers, you know, I think is really important. I think there is some really great Holocaust education happening in classrooms across Virginia already, you know, and it's our hope that by coming to the museum, by using our resources, that they're able to enhance that in some way. But again, like, unfortunately, just because of the amount of time that teachers have, um, it really puts on how much time is given to talking about the holocaust you know what is really happening in the classroom um like what resources are the teacher you know using like yes you have to talk about the holocaust but you know if you're turning off the classroom lights and just you know flipping on schindler's list like is that something that's impactful for the student you know and I, i think that's important again Thinking about what's the rationale for doing, like why we're doing what we're doing, like what do we want students to come away from learning about the Holocaust? Is it just facts and and names and dates or is it themes of the importance of tolerance, the dangers of exclusion, like, wh- you know, what that looks like? Um, the importance of participation like within civic life so I, I think it's important that like we are not only involved but like local educators are involved too um in, in trying to really decide like what are our goals for this and, and i think for most teachers it is it's it's to have students come away learning about the holocaust about the dangers of hate speech or what that looks like the holocaust didn't start with mass murder it didn't start with auschwitz it starts with exclusion and it starts with discrimination and it starts with words it's slow and systematic, learning that will students become better citizens, more involved citizens, but really taking a, a look at that instead of just having something mandated, like what are our goals for this?
3: I think part of yeah. the urgency we can sort of leverage right now is, you know, there's there's a bunch of different issues with Holocaust education. One is, as Sam brought up, is, you know, what does Holocaust education look like in a post-survivor world where we don't right. have as many firsthand testimony and, and people who actually more witness to talk, but I, I think also there is this sense of urgency now that's been created by you know this resurgence of, of hate speech and, and acceptable, you know, behavior that was never acceptable is now acceptable. And, and this understanding by some, not by enough. Exactly as you said, the Holocaust didn't start with murder. It started with people tolerating acts that or or words that you know shouldn't be tolerated anywhere. And so one
1: of the other roles that the museum plays and right. Yoma show up for us is on April twenty eighth, John Jonathan Greenblatt, the national CEO of ADL, is coming to speak, and we expect a very large crowd here. And that's very important for us to bring the speakers and will talk about the really very large uptick in anti-Semitic acts around this country and elsewhere in the world. It's getting bad in a number of countries. And Jonathan will talk about that. And we bring that to the attention of people in Richmond so they understand what's happening around us and know that we have to respond to it. What I've said before is that there's a tear in the fabric of our country. And we have right. to do something to, to heal that tear. Otherwise, it, it could get worse. And the whole question of someone in one of these studies saying it could happen again, we want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And I'd like to ask Megan to talk about our Generations program for a second.
2: One of the things we're trying to do at the museum is really trying to re-engage second and third generation since the show up. So these are children, grandchildren, maybe even in some cases, great-grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, trying to get them involved to try and share their family's story. On March 10th, we're having a program here at the museum, Voices of the Generation, with a woman named Julie Coner, who's coming from California and is going to speak to second and third generation about her mother's experience during the Holocaust and really like how she uses that to teach people. So, you know, we're really excited about that. But I think that's a really important component is, you know, second and third generation. And also, I have no family connection to the Holocaust, but it's something that I think is really important. So I think, again, it's just trying to engage people that are like passionate about this topic and, you know, really trying to Educate the public on it. And we're seeing this uptick in anti Semitism. I mean, I think discrimination, um, hatred, racism, anti Semitism, it's really always been there. But I think now, for some reason, people have this license and a public platform with. Things like social media to be able to express these views and it's places like the museum that really you know we talk about is this the first exposure people have had to the holocaust but sometimes it's the first exposure people have had to the jewish religion um and in you know really trying to educate people about other religions other cultures it's so important because People hate because they're afraid of something. We're looking to educate people, to give them knowledge, um, you know, to help take away that fear, really to like personalize this history for people.
3: I well. do think that the is, Shoah is a particularly Jewish event. You know, you don't have a connection to a personal connection or family connection to the Holocaust. I, I think, sadly, what, what we're seeing in, in today is that, you know, partially this uptick and interest is that many people are realizing, you know, that we all do have a connection or invested vested interest in hate speech and genocide and preventing these kinds of things. And so it makes the work that, you know, you're are doing at the virginia holocaust museum and the work we do at Haifa, and we're so you know honored and proud to be partnering with you in little ways that we can just even more critical because you know it's it's showing that sadly this this is a universal tragedy or has the potential to be a universal tragedy so
2: i think it just shows that we all need to be like aware. And it's like, what, what will we tolerate? Like, what's the threshold? And I think, you know, educating about the Holocaust and really like it happens, I mean, officially over a span of 12 years. It's not something that happens overnight. It happens very slowly um, and really like what that looks like. So we can all be aware of that. And, and, you know, it shows us the importance of even if I'm not Jewish, I don't have a family connection to the Holocaust, but it really shows us the importance of standing shoulder to shoulder in solidarity with people um, that are different than us, that are being discriminated against and saying like, this is not acceptable. This is not okay." If we turn a blind eye to that. That gets out of control very quickly
0: well, I think um that's a fantastic message and yeah, I, I think we'll we'll wrap things up pretty soon but Maybe just in the few minutes that we have left, we can speak a little more specifically about uh, the partnership uh, between our institutions, between the Virginia Holocaust Museum and the University of Haifa, because I know we refer to it.
3: It's really an incredible place. The university has an internationally renowned Holocaust Studies program that educates uh, the next generation of, of scholars, of museum professionals, of researchers and, and um, educators. And for the past two years, we've been very fortunate to have the museum host one of our students as an intern uh, who works at the museum on a various uh, projects. Actually, the Virginia Holocaust Museum was the first one that we've actually placed a, an intern as part of their Masters program uh, inside the museum. So we were very fortunate to be able to pilot with them and and to have our students benefit from you know being inside the museum during their their course of studies. I think it's been great for for us and for our students, and and we hope uh, as Good for Richmond as well.
2: So, yeah, uh, I mean, we've been learning from one another and I think that's really important because oftentimes like we get caught up in our own, maybe like community bubble or even like our own bubble in our own country but like to see like how holocaust education and how teaching the history of the holocaust is approached in other places around the world i think is really important like we're learning from one another and you know different perspectives as well you know i think that only can enrich what we do here in our programming and 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 how we educate people
1: and this position this year has even um, blossomed even more where our intern is going to be helping us with one of our permanent exhibits which is really big as well as working on some of our outreach programming and educational programming i think it's an excellent place for a student intern particularly this year to have an israeli intern is wonderful and really helping us out immensely
3: and we'll see next year you know half of our students or students come from all over the world i mean most of them aren't from israel and more than half of them aren't jewish we have students from asia and, and and africa Uh, So, you know, who knows what next year will bring, but we're delighted it's working out. But thank you so much. We're glad it's enriching yours. And I want to thank you guys again for uh, helping us out today and participating and sharing your thoughts on this uh, important topic. And we look forward to continuing our conversations and to to talking again soon.
0: Thank you for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe to Higher Ed Talk. Do also leave any comments you might have and Karen will address them on our next episode.